Today on Happy, Sad, Confused, Betty Gilpin on her Emmy-nominated role in Glow. Hey guys, I'm Josh Horowitz. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to a fun show with Betty Gilpin, a new acquaintance of mine and a new acquaintance to many people because, frankly, she is in a show and performing a role that has changed and transformed her career very much for the better. She was a, a working actress, uh, c- certainly, doing you know some stage work here in New York and popping up on different shows, was a regular on Nurse Jackie and Masters of Sex, but uh, certainly nothing has done for her career what her role on GLOW has done. Uh, it is now in its second season on Netflix. If you have not caught up with it, I highly recommend it. The second season... It's fantastic. It's probably better than the first in most people's estimation. And uh, I I binged it basically, I think in like a day, two days maybe. Uh, It's such an easy watch, a great ensemble. uh, And Betty uh, is just kind of a revelation in the show. So highly recommend you checking that out after you've heard this conversation because uh, I think you're going to enjoy hearing from Betty who's got... um, I don't know. She's hysterical. <laughs> she's like every, everything out of her mouth is funny and insightful. And, uh, I think you'll, uh, fall in love with her if you haven't already. Highly recommend this chat with the, uh, one and only Betty Gilpin, uh, to catch you up on my shenanigans. If you follow me on social media, you're probably sick of me talking about it, but I was at Comic-Con the 11th year in a row for me. Oh my God. Uh, no, but I love it. It's fantastic. San Diego Comic-Con, the biggest pop culture, uh, event of the year in many ways. Um, and I was running around. Actually, I wasn't running around. I was basically sitting on a couch for three days, but how could sitting on a couch be exhausting? Well, I figured out a way to make that happen. Um, I did about 25 uh, different interviews, casts of TV and uh, TV shows and major movies that came through MTV's uh, set. We've been doing it that way for years, and it's fantastic. And um, it was great. It was exhausting, but great. And, and I think almost every conversation I had um, is up now on MTV's YouTube page, pretty much in their entirety. We didn't really cut anything. We cut out uh, a, a little game that I played for years called Geeks and Posers, and that's in its own special video. But other than that, it's all it's all up there. Um, I recommend. I mean, they're all honestly. There wasn't a dud in the bunch, but um, I don't know if you want if you want funny, go to the Ducktales conversation with our buddy Ben Schwartz and Bobby Moynihan. That was an off the rails crazy conversation. Uh, had a blast catching up with Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Norman Reedus of The Walking Dead. Um, Fantastic Beasts. That was nine people from from the new Fantastic Beasts film, uh, and it was you know it was Eddie Redmayne and Alison Sudol and Catherine Waterston and Ezra Miller in full cosplay. You have not lived until you've seen the Fantastic Beasts interview because uh, Ezra, well, he was wearing a very memorable outfit and he was, uh, you know, I've done a lot with Ezra over the years and I think you'll uh, you'll appreciate um, our unique dynamic in that chat. And Jude Law, of course, was there too and Dan Fogler. It, w- it was a lot of fun. Um, also, if you're a Riverdale fan, that interview seems to be burning up the internet. Uh, a lot of fans out there were excited to see my conversation with that whole, that ginormous group. Um, something for everybody. If you like superhero movies, maybe you want to watch the Shazam interview or Glass. I got a chance to catch up with M. Night Shyamalan and Sarah Paulson and Anya Taylor-Joy. Um, 
I don't know. It, it was great. That, that's like just tip of the iceberg. So if you want to just kind of feel like you were a part of the action at San Diego Comic-Con and catch up on all these cool new uh, movie and TV shows, just go to MTV's YouTube page and, and enjoy those conversations. Uh, it was great. Um, also worth noting, I guess I, I mentioned this on last week's show, but the new Mission Impossible uh, is out probably by the time you're listening to this. I highly recommend it. It is Maybe the best, if not pretty close to one of the best Mission Impossible movies. It is uh, pure, great summer action movie entertainment. And, man, I love that franchise, and I hope it continues. Uh, they, they just know how to do it right. Tom Cruise and Chris McQuarrie are fantastic together. So um, a lot of cool stuff out there. There's good movies. There's Mamma Mia. I haven't seen that yet. Sammy is not on the intro today, as you can tell. But I will speak for her. She is obsessed with Mamma Mia. Here we go again. Like, to a degree that is almost alarming. Like, she might actually be at Mamma Mia, here we go again, instead of being here for the intro right now. I don't know. Makes me kind of want to see the movie. I, I actually legitimately do. People seem to really like it. It's not necessarily, like, my cup of tea generally, but the first one was fun, and this one sounds like it's really fun, too. So, you know what? I'm going to go see it. And then I'm going to get back to you, and Sammy and I, Sammy and I are going to have a debrief on this podcast. So look forward to that. Um, in the meantime, before I go see Mamma Mia, enjoy this conversation with an actress. With uh, she, she's she's got a lot of new exciting opportunities at her feet, and I'm excited to see what comes next. But I'm also excited that um, Glow is going strong and still in its infancy in its second season, and it's just uh, fantastic. And, and Betty Gilpin is fantastic in it. So enjoy this conversation. Go catch up on Glow if you haven't already, and root her on at the Emmys uh, very soon. Uh, here she is, Betty Gilpin. Hi, Betty. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Um, slightly different environment than the uh, movie and TV awards yes. when I saw you a couple weeks ago. Yeah, when I was lying pretending to know who DJ Mustard was. I didn't know either. I mean... I mean, I'm out of the demo for DJ Mustard, I have a feeling. I felt like I was 106 years old at that event. That ha- Well... Try working for MTV at my right. aged my <laughs> sixty seven. Exactly. Yeah. Was that a have you presented before? Is this like a new experience? This is this is part of the job they don't t- teach you in in a yeah, no acting way. school. No. All of this is new. <laughs> All of this is new. I mean, I definitely had pretty uh I would say you know, self-loathing has its benefits. You aim low. And so uh, my goals were pretty low. You didn't dare to dream you'd be presenting at movie and TV awards. No, or, or I, I dreamed of having health insurance from acting sometimes. Right. Um, and you know, I, I, I thought that I would do theater, uh, and TV, whatever TV I could to pay the bills. And I tried really, really hard to get, you know, CSI Oklahoma city, like I, and sobbed when I didn't get those things. Um, so yeah, being in something that people watch and enjoy and, uh, you know, presenting at things, it's hilariously insane to me. Do you have the kind of like the out-of-body out experience when you're going through these kind of the panels and the award shows and this kind of thing? Because like, it's, it's all pretty new still. Yes. Yes. It's definitely out-of-body and it definitely, there's like an Eliza Doolittle feeling to it where you feel like right. I'm faking everything. Like, I, I, or just like, you know, 
it seems only conducive to like a person who's already like a movie star when mm-hmm. they're like, what's your morning routine? I'm like, well, I pick up my dog's poop and then I cry. Like I don't, it's not like I'm sipping a chai looking over my pool. I, it, you know, it feels in a sort of in between strange time where I'm sort of yeah. having to pretend to be Julia Roberts when I'm a troll under a bridge. No, no. When we talk in two years, you will be, have all the, the chai latte stories. I won't come here. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You're kidding me in this ratty office. <laughs> think Julia Roberts comes here? I don't think so. She's under the table. <laughs> <laughs> but it must be also cool to kind of like go through this with the, the, the cast is, is kind of like has every, I feel like degree of experience, right? Yeah, like yeah. You've, you've got Allison who's, you know, been on very successful shows, etc. Major movie star. Major movie star. Allison She's Brie. a star. <laughs> you know, she claims to listen to this podcast. She's been on the she podcast. Ali, I love you. So you be are on my best girl. <laughs> okay. She claims her and Dave listen in the car. I don't believe it, Great. but if you could follow up on I, that, we were for just me. talking an hour ago. I texted her a video. I reenacted a Miranda from Sex and the City moment in front of in the actual location that the scene was shot. Amazing. She approved. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I, as as I was saying, like, so you've got her on kind of one end of the spectrum. Yeah. Um, and you're, I wouldn't say you're even like on the other end, like, because there are probably people on the show with even less experience, right. Than you, if you can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to fathom. Yeah. You've got the weird Mark Marin or what what career is Whatever that? Whatever he's doing. It's doing it right. Yeah. I well, mean, I describe Mark as a cross between a curmudgeony sea captain and the happiest boy on Christmas morning. When is he ha- you've and experienced you Mark Marin happiness? You've seen him oh, happy? There's always the twinkle of the Christmas morning boy <laughs> really? encased in like I don't like the morning or the afternoon. It's kind of annoying that, like, especially when I was watching season two. I mean, he was he was very good in season one as well. But like, I feel like, oh shit, he's like a real actor. Oh, he's a real actor. I had rolled my eyes when I first heard. I was like, great, they cast a stand-up comedian. It's gonna be like, but like, <laughs> but he he's such a real person. Sam is such a real layered character, yeah. and uh. I don't know. I feel like a lot of times guys like Mark have a sort of like Tony Soprano fantasy where they're going to always play guys who like know the answer to the question. And he is not afraid to be vulnerable or right. not know the answer or be, uh, you know, the little boy. There's that cool. Yeah. Like, cause there is a kind of that cool, that's like the facade of that character. It feels like, and yeah. then like as the layers kind of go deeper, like you're seeing, and he's like, not necessarily a lovable character, but he's in some right. ways, like like all the characters on the show, it's very yeah. la- layered and interesting. Yes. But uh, sorry, I sidetracked you. You were saying no, okay. how That's inexperienced I was. <laughs> no, I wasn't. <laughs> I was saying you were, you were a six on the zero to 10 scale. Right. No, okay, great. No. <laughs> Good. It's great. A woman loves being described oh as a six, God. especially today in this economy, Josh. Wow. In the first five minutes. Shutting oh, it down. Usually takes by the end to really upset my guests. Um, <laughs> You're great, by the way. Congratulations <laughs> on the you Emmy. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, yeah, great. Yeah, Ooh. what specifically is great? Great, Are we great. back? <laughs> and we're back. Um, but has it been enjoyable to kind of like experience this through with this kind of ensemble? Um, again, kind of varying degrees of experience. Yeah. And lean on Allison when you're at an award. She'll be like, so what do we do now? Yes. And that kind of oh, thing. Oh, I just, she, I, I just beg her to tell me what to do in every scenario. Um, you know, and it's also this weird thing where like... The press of it all, it's uh, people who are inherently ladylike and organized are good at it. Mm -hmm. And 
when you are a human tornado like I am, you know, like I forgot my passport when we went to Rome. I will rub my eye right before a red carpet. <laughs> it looks like I've been abused. Oh, I, it's and Allie is always there to be like, "You're uh, you have food all over. Where's your passport?" <laughs> um, I don't know what I would do without her. Right? Is there? So it's interesting too because like. Right now, you know, we're, we're having like one of those moments for you. Like mm-hmm. you're having the moment. You just got nominated for the Emmy. The show's hit and it's and it, it, the second season hit and it's got yeah. stellar reviews. Is there like the pressure of like, I'm not fixed necessarily. All my problems didn't go away just because right. you're all telling me every day, congratulations on everything. Uh, yeah. I mean, yes, I have two answers to that question. I feel like I having... You know, I just turned 32 on Saturday, and I've been professionally working for 13 years. So I do kind of feel like that experience, my various experiences in this business, I I sort of feel now like I'm Dorothy in Kansas at the beginning of the movie, and I already know there's no wizard in like the best way possible. Like all of this is so exciting. It's insane that it's happening. It's beyond, it literally beyond my wildest dreams. Remember the aiming low type thing. (laughs) Um, But I also know that my face and tits are going to fall to the floor. In two seconds, I'll be begging to play Elle Fanning's grandmother on a CBS multicam. It's going to go away so fast. Right. No matter what version of it it is. So, like, this is all hilarious and so much fun. But I I also know that, like, I love my dog. <laughs> <laughs> and that love will remain, even if I end up on the multicam. Yes, yeah. And my second answer is that there does seem to be this pressure of like freezing the moment or being like, describe who you are right now. You're right. frozen person. Right. You're like, well, I, I got into this business because I want to be a chameleon person and a changing questioning person. Right. Um, and the things about me that aren't confident or, uh, set, uh, personality wise are the things that are creative windows to me and things that I need. So yeah. I don't want to be like, here's my favorite color, here's who I am, and Frozen. Because that's, uh, I don't like that. And I think I would be a bad actor. How much of the, the in particular, in, in answer number one, and I, I hope you will answer with two different answers to each question, Great. if you could, just so we can just <laughs> really stretch as much as possible. I already forgot I had two answers. It, it makes my job much easier. <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> um, no, but now I forgot my question. Shit. Um, Great. Uh, no, I was going to say... Uh, I'll oh, sing while you please, think. Please, please. Uh, oh no, I need to save you. Uh, I need to get you out of this. Wait, are you uh, <laughs> Louis Armstrong? Yeah, it's really disturbing. Thank you. This good. is its first public debut. Oh, I'm so excited. That's great. You are going to be a very unique grandmother to Elle Fanning <laughs> with that impression. I will be Elle Fanning's grandmother as Louis Armstrong. <laughs> it won't be controversial. Trust me. No, no of course not. Um, I know what I was going to say. Um, how much of the perspective um, on the profession and on kind of like keeping in check and knowing like this may change tomorrow and it inevitably will change tomorrow yep. comes from 
actor parents who have been jobbing actors yep. all their lives, yeah. but never frankly had a glow like no, yeah. right in their career. Yeah. I mean, what, you know, I grew up in New York and both of my parents are actors and New York actors in the eighties and nineties, it was a different, uh, sort of thing. You know, you really did theater. And then when you needed to do TV or film, you went to California right. or so you did theater and law and order. And, you know, my parents have certainly done films, but it was a lot of theater and law and order. Um, and I don't know. And, and regional theater in, in new England. And I grew up, uh, sort of backstage and in stage managers booths and my experience with actors and what being an actor was, was, you know, you did Hay Fever at the Westport County Playhouse. And that was pretty, can we swear? Yeah. No, it was pretty fucking amazing. <laughs> I know it's so badass to say fucking when you're talking about Hay Fever at the Westport <laughs> County Playhouse, but that's just the kind of hardcore person I am. Um, but yeah, so I guess there's a whole other side of that this that I was not prepared for at all and things, uh, um, you know, being like a blonde actress right. in the internet world is a crazy thing also that I never would have imagined. What was the, the vibe or like the attitude of your parents towards the profession? Like, were they frustrated artists? Were they satisfied with their, like just as a kid, what do you yeah. remember about their, like, what were they saying about their job? And I mean, I remember only the good stuff and yeah. looking back and like, Oh God, that was probably frustrating to them, you know, now living my own frustrations, I sort of have perspective on theirs maybe, but I only remember like, you know, being, it, it just was like this sort of magic underbelly to the whole world. Like, mm -hmm. oh, there are circus people, there are cubicle people, and then there are circus people. And I want to be one of the circus people so bad. Totally. I didn't know that the circus people were getting paid $350 a week to do hay fever, probably less. Um, that was, that was quite a shock. Um, <laughs> that was the adult. big talk. It wasn't a sex talk. It was the big talk was, <laughs> right. so here's what you so, need to know. Betty. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's no health insurance. Yes, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so for the first couple years out of school, I, I did theater and law and order. <laughs> I noticed you were, I think you've been on four different law and order, yes. four different roles. Yes. Yep. Why did they, I mean, I love that they, you got four yeah. different opportunities. Right. But there are a lot of actors out there. Do they really need to like go back to the well? I so, mean, so often? it employed New York actors for so long. You know, I'm biased. I love New York actors. I think LA actors are great too. But I think part of the reason that Law and Order was so great was that even the guy the bit of part with was great. two yeah. lines mm -hmm. had done like, Cyrano in Martha's Vineyard that summer. Like totally. everyone is insanely layered and amazing and is like bodega worker number three. I'll work on it for two months exactly. leading up to the, yeah. Genius. What was your favorite of your law and order roles? Oh man. Oh boy. Well, when I was Fran Drescher's daughter, that was <laughs> certainly an honor. <laughs> Me with the person with the map of Ireland on my face being like, mom, hello. Like just not <laughs> acceptable casting. Um, I liked playing a crack addict yeah, for sure. Who wouldn't? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, I, my natural hair color is brown. And when I had brown hair, they let me play crack addicts and lesbians and women with hard lives. And the second I dyed my hair blonde, they were like, you're very dumb. Oh, um, so yeah, I, I reminisced to the crack addict days. Was the, um, 
were these kind of like slow revelations in terms of like the, alluding to like the, the realization that like, oh, if I'm blonde and I look a certain way, I'm going to get a certain kind of a part. Like, where, did you go in a little naive once you kind of got out of school or by, even yes. by then did you? So naive. Because also, you know, I went to uh, the theater school that I went to, Fordham at Lincoln Center, um, was very, uh, it was mostly theater of the absurd where like, if you were on stage, you had a hunchback or one eye right. or a crazy voice, like, or a limp, like you were never just a person folding shirts at the gap, which you realize like, Oh, when I audition, they want me to just be a normal person asking for a salt shaker and not like, my name is Kelsey. They're like, so Kelsey's just a, in a medium. Yes, exactly. Yes. So they're like, so Kelsey's just a normal girl. No need to cross your eyes and pass out. Um, so yeah, that came, certainly came as a shock. But I also, you know, my mom is a full on character actress. Like, tiny little lady with talk about the map of Ireland on her face. She's got like orange red hair and always played like the crazy maid and always had like people rolling in the aisles laughing from some crazy choice she was making big, brave, risky choices. And that is the kind of girl I was raised to be. And I'm so happy I was, but you know, when then I turned into sort of a Barbie looking person for mm -hmm. this small island of DNA time that I will look like this tomorrow, it'll be gone. But I, you know, I realized like, oh, no one wants that. No one wants Barbie to be funny or loud or weird. Right. That sucks. Cause I only want to do those things. And actually like, I can't really do the other thing. And it, it sounds like I'm patting myself on the back, but I'm bad at, like I made a tape for um, the new, the reboot of Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. Right. And I was like, Betty, minimalism. Look at me, Betty. Minimalism. You hear me? You need this job. Let's do this. You've read the books. You love Lizbeth Salander. And I made the tape and I was like, crushed it. Send it. And then the next day I was like, let's, let's watch it back. It was my eyebrows were to the ceiling my mouth was like a, a, a waterbed I was doing going high and low in my like just I looked insane I looked like Elaine Stritch as Robert Sean Leonard on a galloping horse in a blender during an earthquake it's quite specific and I thought I was being like hello <laughs> I mean <laughs> No feedback. No feedback on that one. Yeah, well, it's not too late. It's way too late. Yeah, I don't want the feedback. No. <laughs> Sometimes when your agents are like, you know, we'll see what happened. We'll follow up. You're like, don't. Don't. I cannot hear it, please. Were, were you, I think I know the answer to this. What were you like as a, as a kid? Were you a dramatic child? Were you prone to explosive, yeah. delightful outbursts? Um, were you... I was definitely a ham, mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, you know, I was very performy and very like the, you know, the image that comes to mind is like the toad with the top hat. What's that from Warner brothers, Looney tunes. Right. It was like, yeah. um, and then sadly, I think this happens with all girls that like you reach an age where that's not encouraged. It's you don't not want, encouraged. Yeah. And you, you, uh, for me it was like, Oh, and now I'm a little sad. So, and like maybe like gross and like no one wants me in the room. So I sort of 
feel like as an actor now, and, and I guess that's kind of like the Emily Dickinson chapter. And before that was like the Miss Hannigan from Annie <laughs> chapter. And now I feel like as an actor, I'm like Miss Hannigan Dickinson. Right. Like, I am, you, can, you can have your cake and eat it too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm like the farcical dark Poe poem. <laughs> that's maybe not for everyone. And that's okay. I don't want to hear your comments online. <laughs> Love you though. Best of the family. Did, um, did the early theater days, uh, are, are those, are those fond memories, uh, coming out of, coming out of Fordham? Yeah. Getting into New York theater. Yes. I mean that, you know, I'm still, I'm doing Streetcar Named Desire next summer, oh, nice. um, up at Williamstown. I'm really excited about that. I mean, I, I, that will always be where my heart lies, which sounds like the most theatrical dame in like a dress made of spiderwebs thing to say. Um, Just don't say craft here. That's where my craft no. mac and cheese lies. <laughs> that works. We, we will accept it. Perfect. Um, no, yeah, I, I, that's sort of where, that was a place that was like, we don't care what you look like. We want you to be as weird and big and right. crazy as possible. Um, and I think that's, you know, where the sort of ocean of weird is built where you can, um, and I think that's pretty invaluable to have that going on inside of you so that when you are playing Barbie lawyer, blowjob girl, number six, you're like, I'm going to sneak an inner life into this character, even if they're not going to use any of my takes right. and they're just going to use the wide shot where I like clomp across in like, you know, a, a porny candy wrapper of a dress. But well, I'm like inside, I'm like, she had a terrible childhood. Exactly. Well, the worst case <laughs> scenario of that I would feel is like at a certain point, do they like drill that out of you? Like you, you right. the first couple of years you can do that. Yep. But at a certain point you're like, you're being rewarded for being boring almost for yeah. film, for film or TV work. And that teaches you the wrong lessons. Right. Yeah. Well, it's a dangerous thing because there is a part of the business that's like, hey, young woman, the part of you that we want is all the stuff that's going to expire. Like, we right. want your obliques and your selfies um, and uh, the quiet choices. Um, so we're going to need you for about four years and right. then you're going to need another career path. So I guess I feel like I, uh, even though I'm not a, hey, wait a minute, this is my credo of how I lit. Like I'm not um, as solidified in my identity as I would want to be when someone's telling me that I'm something that I'm not. Right. I don't have like a counter argument, I guess. But I know that what they're, that those people are telling me is not who I am. So I guess I'm trying to s stay weird. <laughs> <laughs> Let your freak flag fly, as yeah, they say. Absolutely. Um, was the first, like, uh, what would you say is like the first kind of like TV or film work that, that was at least a little bit rewarding that you felt like you can contribute something and, and like exactly what we're talking about. Right. Uh, I mean, Nurse Jackie had a great pedigree. Yes. Is the, was the role. I mean, in, in certain yeah. way, you're playing into the type that we're talking about. Totally. Well, you know, we, um, they, I came on in season five of Nurse Jackie and they were, they basically sort of were like, let's spice things up. And, uh, even though this is a show about, uh, complicated layered women being good at their jobs, let's have like a bimbo come in who's terrible at her job. And, right. and you see her aerial as before you see her face literally 
hi dad <laughs> um uh but you know i i was like okay this is the ultimate trojan horse opportunity like i'm gonna come in and be that person and be in full drag queen makeup and in tiny clothes and i'll do the wide shot where i'm walking across and i'll saunter and i'll take on my clothes but I'll, i'm also going to uh make her a clown and yeah. i did and that was uh i was proud of that experience because i was um i i I didn't listen to them when they were like, just be small and squinty and whispery. I was like, what if she's a performer? <laughs> if I talk to you then, okay, jumping ahead a little bit, like prior to the Glow audition, yeah. what was your attitude about life and career then? Were you in a happy place? Were you beaten, uh, beaten down by the system? Where were you at? I mean, I, uh, I had had a bunch of, uh, close calls by that time. Um, you know, I, I test, I was close on girls. I was close on veep. I was close on billions. Like I, I just had all these, uh, or orange is the new black. Like I had had the heartbreaks before where everything looks like, you know, you kind of see yourself on the page and you're like, this is it. This in the movie montage of my life, I'm going to get this part. And then when it doesn't happen, sort of like, okay, well the next, and then when the next one doesn't happen, you're like, oh, then maybe it's just not going to happen for me. And I was definitely in that place for sure. Um, and you know, felt sick when I read the glow script because I was like, I can't go through this again. (laughs) Um, because I loved it so much. And the, the concept of, also being able to play a wrestling character and and definitely being allowed to be huge and weird and risky and a character actress like doing all the my mom stuff you know being in like an old maid in a restoration comedy falling down the stairs like i was like i you know so that but i you know i was like just pretend to be a more driven confident person than you are and right. just try and fucking get this part did you did you have like a beat on that on the character even before you nail you you landed it like in the audition do you, do you feel like yeah I mean I I made a tape first and I wrote a rap as the as uh, they had me come in for the Britannica wrestling character and I wrote a rap as her and wore wigs and like mooned the camera and did crazy things and then there was like five other auditions as Debbie um, so yeah I tried to you know, I connected with a lot of the things that the character Debbie talks about, um, uh, about feeling sort of invisible as an actress and like that a part of her that she felt like the most special part of her would die with her, right. that no one would ever be like, hey, I want to see that part, actually. Um, and I certainly felt that way about myself. Um, so, yeah, it was easy to drop in. What's the... Um you know, there's always the cliche of like, you know, the, like the set felt different than any other set, but it sounds like the set did feel <laughs> different did, than any other set. Yes. In this case, it's actually true. Yes. Was yeah. that from the start? Was the first couple days like, oh wait, something's a little different. Yeah. And I guess the first thing I noticed was that I was different. I mean, you know, I, I think being comfortable gets you so far as an actor um, and probably in every business you know, you see people who you're like, God, you're just so comfortable. And it, it makes it 
so that you can access any part of your brain that you want. You're not second guessing yourself. There's no one standing at the door to your brain being like, is that right? Uh, maybe don't do that. Maybe, right. maybe audition for the part you already have before you do that big choice. And because I felt so comfortable, um, in a way that I never had before, I was able to sort of be the social worker on behalf of my creative self and mm -hmm. be like, what do I need to do today to make myself comfortable to uh, do the best, craziest, weirdest work possible? And that I've never felt before. Right. Um, yeah. Are the, I mean, do you notice things whether like, like uh, this is kind of, you know, putting yourself in a different situation, but like if glow was run by a bunch of boring white dudes or whatever, mm -hmm. which like 96% of shows were five or 10 years ago, yeah. um, the show would look much different. Needless to say, like yeah. what are the nuances? If it's possible to even pinpoint them, do you think that, that, uh, people like me, horrible people like me, can't, <laughs> no, no, but in, in all seriousness that, that, that we can't, that, that aren't generally captured or haven't traditionally been captured. Do you think in pop culture about like a female ensemble? Right. Um, I mean, you know, I think that when, um, when characters, female characters are written as, uh, two trait porny Barbies, they're often treated as two trait porny Barbies. Like right. I guess a lot of times where I was sort of cast as the hot girl, I, uh, or whatever I, um, realized quickly like, Oh, I, I also have to play that part at crafty and in the hair and makeup trailer. Uh, you know, it's sort of like, the male characters get to sort of be like three dimensional, like snorting, farting, complicated, sexy forever, uh, real people. And I'm going to have to be like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's hard to explain, but on this set, I didn't ever feel like I had to ask permission to be in a room that I was already in. Right. Um, and I could, uh, that I wasn't taking up space with ideas or, um, you were entitled to them in, instead of like feeling like you're, someone's doing you a favor. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of that was watching Allie Bree and yeah. how she was, you know, <clears throat> she asks questions that I didn't think you were allowed to ask. What's the shot? What are we doing? Uh, okay. So you're seeing how much of that. All right. So if you're going to use the, you know, asking like director questions, um, where I was always just sort of frozen in a shot being like, was that, Oh God, the camera was on me. I didn't even know. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, no, no I got you. Yeah. Um, so season two, so season one hits and it's extremely well received. Um, season two, probably even better <laughs> received. Like the reviews are, are stellar. Um, does it, I mean, going into season two, you know, you were talking about like, it's all about comfort and being relaxed as an actor. Mm -hmm. So I would imagine like coming off of season one and knowing you're not only in a safe place creatively, but the audience is there. Yeah. Yep. Did that make season two feel like that? Like you, the, the, everything was fi firing on all cylinders a little bit better for you even, or was well, there pressure? Or was I, it... I did feel pressure. I, you know, the benefit of being, you know, which I still am, uh, an unknown as it, the, the term is literally, literally that's a term. They're like, congrats. They're, they're willing to cast an unknown in this part. <laughs> like, 
thank you so much for putting me in the lowest form of the actor cast system. But yeah, the the benefit is that um, you you can sort of fail for free, or right. uh, it doesn't feel on the record because no one's really watching. So when you do an episode of this or a play here, you know you can sort of there's no voice in your head being like, well, this is on the record, you know. Right. Um, and doing press was a weird experience for me. Uh, you know, I feel like there's the Emily Dickinson, Miss Hannigan stuff churning below. And yeah. then there's like this room in your brain that everyone is trying to put young women into and like lock the door behind them. It's like the Kylie Jenner, uh, obliques, Instagram world where, you know, it's like, oh, we don't want your Miss Hannigan, Emily Dickinson stuff. We do want that filtered selfie and the answer this question, Miley or Madonna? Like, right. uh, which I, I completely understand. I understand the, um, the need for all of that. And it's fun. And, but I, I get scared that if I spend too long, so fucking pretentious, if I spend too long in that room that I'm not going to be allowed back out mm -hmm. and, you know, I feel that on a daily basis. Like, I'd rather just, like, look at Instagram or listen to Katy Perry than watch the horrifying news or read this book because I was, keep zoning out. Like, I, I'd rather just stay in that room where everything's, like, light. Yeah. But, uh, but, so for season two, yeah. I felt a little... I was like, oh, God, I spent too long in the room. Like, it took a couple... It took, like, a full episode for me to be like, okay, I'm, I'm, back, in, I'm back in the... Mm -hmm weird place because I, I, I don't know. I, but which Kardashian do you relate to the most? That's right. Um, probably Mason. <laughs> they never talk about Mason. You know, they never fucking talk about Mason <laughs> just because I love what's happening with his hair. Never a hair out of place. Is there really a Mason Kardashian? Yeah. Courtney's son. I didn't know that. Who I guess is a disick. Oh God. <laughs> just put me down. Just put me down. Um, I, by the way, I've spent way more time watching them than reading books, so it's not like I'm some not above it all poet laureate. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's all good. Um, when you look back at uh, this season, is there? Um, I mean, there's some really st standout both episodes and, and particular scenes for you. Um, is there one that jumps out as something that you're particularly proud of that feels like I hit close to the mark of what I was trying to get. And like, when you look back at it you can just kind of appreciate. Or... Oh man, I'm probably not even there. I, I mean, I, I don't know if I'll ever be able to, <sighs> I'm getting less neurotic about it. It is interesting being in a, um, female ensemble. Usually I cannot watch things. I do like yeah. no one told me about my ears or <laughs> like I am the worst person ever. And when, when there's so many women, I'm like, Oh, it's not, you know, your insecurity is narcissism. This isn't about you panicking about the sound right. of your voice or shape of your face. So glow is sort of the first thing I have been able to enjoy. Um, I do love episode four. I love that, you know, the one that's just me and Tam A slash welfare queens slash Kia Stevens in real life. She's unbelievable. I think she's so unbelievable in that episode. Um, you know, I, I love any scene I get to do with Allie right. Bree. Um, like the, the hospital, hospital scene, scene when yeah. we finally get to talk to each other, scream at each other. But you know, I, I, it was like the first time we've made real eye contact and talked to each other. Right. 
um, since episode one of season one. So that was really fun. You've also started to have time to start to do work outside of glow since the success of glow. Yeah. Has that been an interesting thing where like, and has it been, again, is it pressure or just sort of exciting kind of like, Oh, new different opportunities. And now what what do I do with this delicious power at my feet? Yeah. I know it well. (laughs) I mean, I am trying to take the, um, the lessons I've learned on the glow set and apply them to others. You know, I, I reflect on so many times I got in my own way by being scared or being convinced that they wanted to cast someone else, which, you know, probably might still be true, but like, there's nothing I can do about it. No, there definitely is like, yeah, it's, it's, or maybe it's just getting older. It takes so much effort to self-sabotage and right. not like yourself. Are you, what's, so you talked about the, the, the dragon tattoo audition. Like, is mm-hmm. there any way for you to kind of like preserve yourself for these auditions? So it's not psychologically taxing and damaging permanently for you? Or I you- mean, <laughs> it wasn't damaging permanently. I, I weirdly like auditioning. I really like acting. And even as a, even, you know, I'm, even a working actor, it's there's still months at a time where you're not doing yeah. it. So I do like auditioning just to act, which is <laughs> so lame. <laughs> um, but no, I, I don't, it doesn't feel, you know, I just don't read the comments. That's damaging. You, <laughs> Everything are, are, are else. You, is, you're on social media, right? You're, I'm on Twitter and yeah. every day I'm like, today's the day I leave Twitter. I, I, I feel like a lot of us are feeling that closer and closer, right? Yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's just so what a what a fecal hurricane. <laughs> We're in the wrong timeline, Betty. Something went amiss. Something went amiss. <laughs> Something went awry <laughs> a couple of years ago yeah. and we are gone down the wrong path. Yes, we did. Uh, yeah. But anyway, glow, season two. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so you've, I, I'm just curious about a couple of things you, you've shot outside of uh, Glow. Um, mm-hmm. Isn't it romantic? Yep. Which sounds like a really fun idea. I'm for... so excited. Yes. It's Rebel Wilson, Liam Hemsworth, Adam Devine, uh, uh, Priyanka Chopra. Oh, nice. Um, I saw Singing and Dancing in New York recently. Yes. Yeah. We were doing reshoots last week and yeah, we did a... Um, a dance number in front of Grand Central Station in the middle of the day, which will definitely be, I mean, with like 300 dancers behind us. And I just know that like, it'll be the thing where with my grandchildren, I'll be like, you know, in front of Grand, they'll be like, in front of Grand Central Station, you did a dance. We know. <laughs> You've told You're us 10,000 so times. Insane. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You did your Louis like, Armstrong impression. We know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man. The impression will be even better when I'm 95. Um, and that's a play off of some of the classic tropes of a romantic comedy. Yeah, right? so it's bit. like Rebel Wilson plays a girl who hates romantic comedies and is, you know, it's shot sort of like The Office, like it's like a shitty, uh, fluorescently lit cubicle world. And I'm like her cat lady friend at The Office. And my wardrobe in this movie, I look like I've killed six people. <laughs> I mean, I look like a Montessori art teacher gone insane. And it's my favorite. Favorite thing. It's after doing glow where you're in the hair and makeup chair for two and a half hours and you know, they make me look like a completely different person expertly, artistically. And this, 
I'm really looking like my serial killer self. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. Releasing then, the inner serial, serial yes, killer. Yes, exactly. And then she hits her head and uh, Rebel Wilson's character and wakes up in like a rom-com right. fantasy world. And then oh, I turn brilliant. into like the bitch at work. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Uh, so when you're back in five years, you'll be mm. back before then. In five years, what are we going to be talking about? Glow's going to be entering its seventh season. Oh, my God. You're, you're going to be negotiating for the Elle Fanning yeah. multi uh, I'll be in sitcom. a wheelchair from wrestling for seven years. <laughs> do you feel like you have more to talk about with Dwayne Johnson than ever before? Do you feel like you could compare? Dwayne and I have always never had a problem picking up right where we left off. Um, have you worked out in the Iron Paradise with him? I don't know what that is. <laughs> But yes, and I don't want to talk about it. Code, yes. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> um, Betty, it's been so fun to get to know you a little Thank bit today. Thank you so much, Josh. Uh, I still don't know who DJ Mustard is. Nor I. Let's figure that out for next DJ time. DJ Mustard in the billiard room with the wrench. <laughs> Thank you for laughing at that stupid joke. They are remaking Clue. Get on, get in on that. Okay, great. Okay, That's just DJ trying to help Master. you out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> thank you. Thank uh, you. Good luck at the Emmys. Have a blast. Thank you and so much. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha